You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess. It's all about helping you choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Welcome back, coaches. Let's explore a sticky question today. Do you really need to be certified in order to professionally coach? And it's sticky because there are, of course, coaches on both sides of that debate, and you're going to hear some of that from people. Ultimately, though, whether you certify or not is totally your decision. And not every coach has to be certified in order to call themselves a professional coach because the industry is not currently regulated. I'll talk more about that in a minute. There are two main types of certification, though. And you might not know this. One is certifying through a coach training organization. You enroll in that training, you complete that training, and then you certify through some sort of review process that that organization has. The other type of certification is when you certify with an independent certifying body, such as the International Coach Federation, and I'm sure you've heard of them, ICF. That independent certification tends to help emerging fields to become more mature and accepted. ICF launched back in 1995 when life coaching, which used to be called personal coaching, was starting to burgeon. And now the ICF has a presence in 140 countries and over 30,000 members. What you also may not know is that ICF certification is a very rigorous and ongoing process. You don't get your certification, then coach. You need to work towards certification by building up hours of coaching with paying clients. And of course, you also have to have completed training hours and um, usually also be mentored in coaching by people who are certified at the master level. So a little side note, the ICF and other independent certifying bodies are often changing their requirements of the various levels of certification. So if you're on route to certify, say at the associate level, which is the lowest level with ICF, go check it out. You know, if you if you figured this out a, a year ago, what you were going to need to do, they may have changed their requirements. So it's worth it to check in, you know, maybe quarterly or yearly at least until you're ready to apply because you might find out, oh, I did a lot more than I needed to, or you've missed something that you didn't read the last time you went. So to find out about that, go to coachfederation.org, and I'll, I'll put that link on my show page too, so you can go check it out. Now, to maintain your ICF certification, you have to re-up every few years. So becoming an ICF certified coach is a pretty significant ongoing investment of time and money. And it might help just to know a little bit of background about the coaching field. Coaching as we know it now began as part of the human potential movement and it first emerged in the corporate space about 40 years ago. I think Marshall Goldsmith was basically the forefather, if you will, of leadership coaching and Then other types of coaching sprung from that. Now, if you go into being an executive or a leadership coach, 
and you're providing services to people who are within corporations, the coaches that have ICF certification are, in that case, going to have a competitive edge. But for many other tracks and niches, certification of any type might be a non-issue as far as your clients are concerned. So, for example, I know a lot of business coaches who are not certified by the ICF. Some of them don't even have certification through a coach training school. If you're planning to do wellness coaching, you might really need to have a certification in the actual health and wellness training, but you might not need an ICF certification. It really has to do with what the expectation of your target audience is, and sometimes that's a little bit hard to know without a little bit of experience. There is a segment of the coaching industry who will firmly say, yes, you must be certified to become a professional coach. And I I think if you get involved in some of the chapters of the ICF, I was involved in the Denver Coach Federation um, back in my early days. And, you know, the people there are really going to be pro-independent certification. So you just need to know that that's going to be the case. And I was in that camp when I first became a coach, but I've softened on this certification issue over the years. So let's take a look at what the main reasons are that the certification proponents give for why you should have an independent certification, like with ICF. And reason one is that coaches who certify are more likely to earn more and not drop out of the profession. So it might give you a little bit of stick to because you're part of this professional group. I can see that. Earn more part, I think that's hard to say. I think it really depends on who your target audience is and what it is that you're really doing with that group. Reason number two that they give is that certification distinguishes you from all the people who have co-opted the term coach, but who have not been rigorously trained. And that is one of the downsides of the coaching industry. The term has been co-opted by a lot of people. Unfortunately, it's even been made fun of by the media a little bit. You might have caught on to that, but who cares? Reason number three that they give is that maintaining certification requires you to stay in tune with the best practices of the industry. I can see some logic in these first three reasons, but I also feel like there are other pathways to professionalism and other pathways to earning well as a coach. Reason number four that they'll give is that the public will perceive you as being a better coach if you're certified. And reason number five is that your clients will require you to be certified with a body like ICF. I'll just say experience has repeatedly showed me that depending on what coaching track and niche you pursue, reasons four and five may not hold up for you. I've talked to many fellow coaches who either aren't ICF certified or haven't maintained it. You know, maybe they initially certified and then they let it go. And we all agree that for most niches, the client does not require or even ask about certification. The number of people who have asked me if I was certified in the last 20 years is exactly 
two, and they were both representatives of ICF. None of my potential or actual clients has ever asked me. So there's one more reason that they give, and that is that you may be legally required to be certified in the future. And of course, this could certainly happen. However, just know that there isn't a lot of energy right now being put forth to move the coaching industry in the direction of regulation. And regulation generally comes about in an industry when it becomes a nuisance. (laughs) So in other words, if enough coaches irritate enough clients that those people lodge complaints or they sue the coaches, there certainly might be some grounds for moving towards regulation. But if there is a push for regulation, I'm sure there's going to be a ramp-up period, number one, and also it's probably likely to be licensing rather than certifying. Now, the ICF will certainly work very hard to make sure that if regulation happens, that certifying is part of the requirement. In final words, you know what I tell my clients is this, why not work towards certification? What's the harm in working towards it? Find out from coachfederation.org what you're going to need to do to certify with ICF and work towards those requirements. Just as sort of a, you know, it's a side thing. You're not given huge amount of attention to it, but a little bit of attention to it. And it will keep you on a good professional path. And then as you grow in your coaching business, if your integrity tells you that to feel legitimate and be more valuable to your clients, that you're going to have to maintain independent certification, then do that. And great, you know, you'll be set up because you'll be working on it. But then if you decide, no, you know, I don't really need this. I'm seeing it's not really a necessity and it's not something that my integrity tells me I must do, then trust yourself. Now, I have always kept records of the number of hours that I coach and mentor each of my clients. I also have a terms and agreement document that I ask each client to initial and sign that states that they understand that I'm a coach and that I am not a therapist. And I also um, ask them to approve me supplying their name to ICF as proof of some of the hours of my coaching. Although I have heard recently that ICF may eliminate that requirement to supply the names of clients because it is a little bit of a breach, if you ask me, of the confidentiality piece that's so crucial for coaching. But just know, you know, it has been in the past a requirement. So again, a reason to stay in touch with what the requirements are. If you want to see that terms and agreement document that I have, go to the show notes for this episode on prosperouscoach.com slash three. That's the number three prosperouscoach.com slash three, and you can download a copy for yourself. And as far as I'm concerned, you can copy all the language, but you might want to read through it with a fine tooth comb and make adjustments so that it really fits you. Through the years, some of the best coaches I've known are not only not certified, but some of them haven't ever even been trained through a formal coach training organization. And what's kind of interesting about this is that they are financially successful and highly respected. I've experienced their coaching and it's damn good. So, you know, 
certification isn't the be all end all. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it makes for a better coach. That said, I think some sort of familiarization with what coaching is and what it is not is critical to your success if you're going to call yourself a coach. Briefly, I'll just say that's first to understand that coaching is not therapy. It's not consulting. It's not legal advice. It is more of a co-creative process using honed communication skills, especially listening more than talking and asking powerful questions that bring about transformation with clients. So, of course, there's a lot more to it. If you haven't trained, consider getting training because I think it will give you a grounding in the best practices. It'll give you a grounding in the important things like confidentiality and just how you treat your clients so you don't you don't set yourself up for possibly being sued or complained about, which hasn't happened all that much, but it is happening some. And here's something to ponder. How will you learn and maintain your best coaching practices? How will you challenge yourself to higher levels of coaching skill and higher levels of integrity in your services? Because it's really only through having integrity that you'll achieve true professionalism and really feel that in yourself and be recognized for that in your coaching business. So that's our show for today, short and sweet. The next episode is about how to deal with isolation and loneliness in your coaching business. So I look forward to talking to you then. Be well, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Prosperous Coach Podcast. And please, if you like something about it, review this show and share it with other coaches. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.